0: Welcome to the Leadership with Bianna Kovic show, and thank you for being with us. Our topic, Leadership, focuses on leaders such as yourselves. We believe that leadership is a skill that can be learned through practice and awareness. It is our hope that our conversation will help you become more reflective when it comes to your own leadership practices and enable you to leave a positive legacy. Our very special guest is Dr. Jared Skowron. Dr. Jared is one of the country's national experts on natural medicine for children. Dr. Jared is Amazon bestselling author, international speaker, and a dad. He founded Spectrum Awakening, a high-quality supplement company specifically for children with autism and ADHD. Dr. Jared, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Bianca. I really appreciate you inviting me on.
0: Thank you so much for making yourself available. I was wondering if you can tell us a little bit about yourself. You are the owner of Spectrum Awakening, and if you can share a little bit about what you do and about your practice.
1: I would be happy to. For almost two decades, I have been a pediatric natural medicine doctor. So every day I'm in my private practice, I'm in my clinic and helping kids get happier and healthier using natural medicine instead of using pharmaceuticals. So it's really been a great adventure for me because I get to help kids in all these different ways. And so many more people and so many more families are interested in natural medicine. And there's so much out there that people can do that they don't even know of. So like I said, working in my clinic for almost 20 years and about five years ago, I also started a vitamin company because there really aren't many good quality vitamin companies just for kids. So I created Spectrum Awakening and Spectrum Awakening is a really high quality vitamin company for kids. And this is what I use in my patients in my clinic. You know, we've got a retail website and we just got on Amazon this month as well. So we want to help as many families and kids as we can because natural medicine is just exploding.
0: Congratulations on getting on Amazon. I want to talk a little bit about natural medicine, because some people might be skeptical and might say, you know, maybe as a supplement, but not as a way of actually healing or getting better. Can you talk to us a little bit about it?
1: I'd love to. And, you know, I I love open-minded skepticism, because we all need to do what is right for our families, and we need to do what is right for our kids. And, you know, you can be a leader of a huge corporation, but you can also be the leader of your family. And even if it's just, you know, three of you or two of you or four of you or five of you in your family, somebody's got to be the leader and somebody's got to be the leader when it comes to health. So the people that we get in our clinic are kind of a couple different people. They're either people who love natural medicine and they say, you know what, I really want to avoid pharmaceuticals when I can. I'm a little nervous about the side effects. And then there's other people who have kind of gone through the conventional model and haven't had success. And so now they're looking for another option. Like, well, geez, what do I do now? I tried conventional medicine. I tried the pharmaceuticals. I tried surgery and my child's not better. So what do I do? And I completely agree with the skeptics as, hey, does this stuff work? Because that's a great, honest question is, is this stuff going to work? Because frankly, most pediatricians haven't been trained. You know, regular pediatricians don't get any training in med school when it comes to nutrition. They don't have a single class on what's healthy food. They don't have a single class on what vitamins are appropriate for kids and at what levels and at what ages. So it's really important. And when we come to people who are asking questions is, does this work? Really, the base of what we do is we want to make sure that all children have healthy nutrition. And that comes to, you know, general nutrition. Are you eating your proteins and healthy carbohydrates and fats and cutting down on your sugar? But it also comes down to making sure kids have the right vitamins. And today's diet is so calorically heavy. I mean, you can get thousands of calories in one meal, but it's very nutrient lacking. And so we see plenty of kids who come in and they're deficient. We've had kids with scurvy. We've had kids with rickets. We have kids with all these nutrient deficiencies that their pediatrician isn't going to test for. So it's all about making sure that kids have what they have. And again, I love conventional medicine when it comes to things like antibiotics. I mean, if you've got strep throat, you take your antibiotics. But when it comes to more chronic things like ADHD or autism, Or kids who kind of have mood issues, they're depressed, they're anxious. There's so many great natural things, and there's so much more science behind it than there used to be. So it's a great adjunct for so many families.
0: You mentioned autism. I know that you've specialized in that, right?
1: Yeah, my primary focus is autism and ADHD.
0: There are lots of adults with autism and ADHD. And my question to you is, how do you effectively deal with that if you have it or as a parent?
1: Well, I'm glad you bring up kind of different groups you know because there's adults with autism who are very high functioning and are amazing in fact i just had the opportunity to lecture with haley moss and haley is the first autistic lawyer in florida so she just passed the bar you know she's open about her autism and she's the first lawyer in florida and she's amazing and i got to speak with her at a fundraising event and it's so inspirational to hear about you know, hey, I can do everything that anybody else can. And that's just like all of us. I mean, all of us have strengths, all of us have weaknesses, and we just have to do as much as we can to really get through life and do everything possible. So in general, the adults with autism nowadays, they were born in the 20th century. And 20th century autism is a totally different being than 21st century autism, because it was kind of in the 90s, where autism exploded. And the epidemic went from 1 in 200 to now like 1 in 30, 1 in 35, depending on which research study you read. So the younger kids on the spectrum nowadays are different and kind of have a different medical condition, even though it's both called autism regardless, there's something different going on. And so, you know, a lot of the kids now have a lot of trouble developing language. They've got a lot of behavioral problems and there's temper tantrum outbursts and there's sensory processing problems and there's digestive issues and there's other health issues on top of it. So we are here to help anybody who is looking to get better in some way. And there's so many different things that we can do because medically it involves genetics. It involves brain chemistry. It involves hormones. It involves the gut and digestion and diet. It involves toxicity. It involves autoimmune antibodies. It involves mitochondrial function. It's a very complex kind of health condition and everybody's different. That's why they call it the autism spectrum. So it's really rewarding for me to be able to really get very detailed on all of the kids that we see because they all present differently and they all kind of have different medical presentations of what's affecting them. So we can really help each child as an individual.
0: And when we talk about, just for the folks who are maybe curious, what is a high-functioning autism? How do you define that?
1: Yeah. So they've got these big definitions of mild, moderate, severe, and autism and people who are high-functioning and people who are low-functioning. And I think in general, it's basically how a person can be independent on their own in our society. So you take many people, and I think, you know, a lot of successful people out there may have autism and not be diagnosed. I mean, you look at the stories like, what was that movie with um, Leonardo DiCaprio, The Aviator, with Howard Hughes? Okay, you know, he had that segment in his life, he was alone, and he just wanted to be by himself. And, you know, he probably had some form of autism. So there are these people who are extremely intelligent and extremely successful. They are just kind of different socially than the norm. And so basically somebody who has quote unquote high functioning autism is somebody who can be independent in our society. They can communicate, they can fend for themselves, they can go to the supermarket, they can have an apartment, they can have a house, they can have a job. Somebody who can function in our society without a lot of assistance versus somebody who's on the other end where you have people with an autism diagnosis who are in medical homes you know people who can't do for themselves and they can't talk and they can't communicate they don't even know how and they need help they need help getting food they need help getting dressed they need help with so many things so you know that's a continuum and people can be anywhere along that
0: continuum thank you for that so i want to talk a little bit about adhd because it's a big subject nowadays seems like more and more kids are getting diagnosed with it what are your thoughts on that do you feel that our lifestyle is impacting our ability to function? Well,
1: that sure is part of it. And, you know, I was on the CDC's website the other day, and the CDC says that 64, that's almost two-thirds of kids, 64% of kids have some kind of behavioral or developmental or emotional condition. And that's both scary and sad to me, because how can two-thirds of our kids be at a place where they really need a lot of help? And as you said, ADHD is probably the most prevalent one. You know, the the ADHD rates in the States are anywhere from 10 to 15% of kids, so much more prevalent in boys. And, you know, what we see, and again, we treat ADHD differently depending on the child. I think there's like three different types of ADHD when you really look at the kids and what they're doing and how they kind of react. But... I think what's causing it at the end of the day is either something genetic, you know, and we used to talk about genetics and just kind of throw it away. They're like, oh, it's genetics. You know, his dad can't concentrate. His dad's hyper. So, you know, his son's hyper. Or Aunt Betty sure is depressed and she just stays in her house and she's a hoarder. And we kind of see that in our kids. So we used to kind of throw those comments away of the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But 21st century medicine is all about genetics and individualized medicine. We now have targeted the genes that are affecting the brain and contributing to ADHD. So I think part of it is genetic. So if you as a parent think that yourself or your spouse are dealing with ADHD, you're dealing with hyperactivity or lack of focus and your child has it, well, then we've got that genetic component and we can test for those genes now. We give these kids like a cheek swab. It's like a big Q-tip and we swab their cheek and we send it in and we can get the genetics of the brain and of ADHD. So that's one part of it. But I love that you brought up our lifestyle. Because I think there's a huge component with our foods. And I think there's a huge component with screen time and a huge component with toxicity. You know, even Consumer Reports had an article last year about how increased toxins like lead and arsenic and glyphosate and other toxins contribute to ADHD and learning difficulties. And we've got kids on these phones and these iPads and watching cartoons, So many more hours a day than when we grew up. The American Academy of Pediatrics says, you know, kids should max out at like an hour or an hour and a half a day. And then we just have to look at our foods. I mean, how much sugar are we packing into these kids that we never used to? Sugar is everywhere. Corn syrup is everywhere. Soda. You are what you eat. And, you know, if you eat foods that make you hyper, you're going to be hyper. So there are so many components. So I'm really glad you brought that up.
0: And would you advise that as parents or even as adults, we should maybe... Do some type of tech diet or sugar diet, would that help?
1: It can help. And everybody's different. You know, there's no one diet that fits all. You know, I'll give you some examples. I saw a child in my office the other day who had ADHD, but also had huge amounts of anxiety. And we did some testing. So you can do some blood work and identify what foods you're reacting to. So there's tests called food allergy tests. and there's tests called food sensitivity tests. And the difference between a food allergy and a food sensitivity is is basically what part of the immune system is reacting. And different parts of the immune system are going to cause different changes in the brain. So he came back and he was reacting to wheat. So the family decided to put him on a gluten-free diet. And he had this huge 180. He was a kid who was getting C's in school and massively anxious and just not having any friends to all of a sudden he's getting A's and he's happy and he's smiling. And it's such a huge change for the whole family. You know, any parent knows if your kid's unhappy, the family's unhappy. If your kid's happy, the family's doing great. And again, coming back to being a leader, you know, those parents went to their pediatrician. Pediatrician said, hey, want to try some Ritalin? And they said, well, I don't want to try Ritalin yet. I want that to be my backup plan. And so he came into our office. We did this food analysis for him. We also do brain chemistry testing on all of our kids. You can collect urine and send it to your local lab like Quest or LabCorp. You can test your serotonin levels, dopamine levels, your adrenaline levels. And these are the things that are controlling your focus. And you know, conventional medicine will put you on a stimulant, which affects your dopamine levels, or put you on the antidepressant, which affects your serotonin levels. They'll prescribe those without even looking at the chemistry in your brain. They would never do that with cholesterol. They wouldn't say, hey, here, have some Lipitor without testing your cholesterol. But we have no problem giving you antidepressants or ADHD stimulants without checking the brain chemistry. So there's so much we can do. And you mentioned what diet's going to be good. Everybody's different. Everybody's different on what foods they react to. However, we have two rules for diets for everybody. And the number one rule is no artificial colors. So, things like red dye number five or yellow dye or blue dye or green, you know, these aren't foods. These are just chemicals that are put into our foods to market them better. But those chemical colors are outlawed across the European Union because there's so much scientific research showing that they cause ADHD. And so, you know, one thing we tell all parents is just stop anything with artificial colors. So, look at the ingredient list. If it says red dye, blue dye, yellow dye, whatever, you just put that down and look for something that has natural colors. And so that's an easy step. And the other thing we tell everybody is to really stop soda. You know, soda is just so high in sugar. I mean, one can of soda has at least 10 teaspoons of sugar. Imagine sitting at a table and just eating 10 teaspoons of sugar. That's not going to be good for your brain. That's not going to be good for your weight. That's not going to be good for diabetes risk. So, uh, you know, we tell our parents if if kids like something bubbly is to try seltzer instead. So those are two kind of steadfast rules that we have, which are pretty easy to utilize as a family.
0: And I assume these rules apply to adults too.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, this is just overall health. We want to eat as many natural, healthy foods as possible. And you can't have a perfect diet, but every choice counts. Every meal counts. And especially families with a lot of kids, they're overwhelmed, they're swamped, you know, and we get it. But you take one meal at a time. You know, how can I make breakfast a little bit better? How can I make my snack time a little bit better? You know, the holidays are coming up and you're going to enjoy during the holidays. That's okay. You're going to enjoy during birthday parties. That's okay. But if we can make six out of seven days really good, then we're doing so much better than we did before.
0: So obviously these kids will eventually enter the workforce and managers will have to deal with them. What are your suggestions if you have hyperactive employees or employees that cannot focus or employees that might not be diagnosed with ADHD or have a bad habit, you know, drinking lots of soda? What are you right?
1: People who are very hyper, people who are very impulsive, people who have a hard time kind of organizing things because there's just kind of too much, their brains can either be going too fast or their brains can actually be going too slow. And so both a fast brain and a slow brain can actually have very similar external symptoms or external presentations. So some people just do better with stimulation. Some people do better with lots of caffeine. Some people do better with different vitamins that will stimulate their brain. You know, we have specific vitamins in our Spectrum Awakening line that act as brain stimulant. And so those people who do better and feel calmer and more centered, we try to stimulate them. Okay, so that's a lot of breaks for physical exercise. That's a lot of movement around. That's a lot of caffeine, if that works for them. That really helps them. And then on the other side of the coin, you have these people whose brains are going so hyper, that they can't calm down. And so these are the people who we often encourage to avoid stimulants, to avoid things like caffeine. So we try to encourage herbal teas for those people to help relax them, avoid the stimulating foods. We've got different vitamin supplements that are calming and relaxing. We want a very relaxing atmosphere. You know, some people do well with a lot of clutter. They see a lot of clutter in the room and that, that makes them feel safe. Other people, it's just too overstimulating. And so for those people, we want more of an empty room because that's calming down their overactive brain. So it is this polarity of people who have the same symptoms, but kind of opposite stimulation or relaxation is going to help them.
0: And is there something you can do to integrate them in the environment that might not be conducive to what they experience internally?
1: Well, I think a great idea is what I learned from occupational therapists. So occupational therapists, you know, work in school settings, and they've got a lot of kind of hands-on techniques for these kids. So kids who kind of need, need kind of stimulation, but they have to do it locally. The fidget spinners were very popular last year, you know, for kids to just have something to play with. We have kids in our schools where they will tape Velcro onto their desks or their chairs. So they don't have to go anywhere to feel better. They can just rub that Velcro. We have some kids who take like elastic workout bands and they put the elastic workout band around the leg of their chair, around the leg of their desk, and around their foot. So they can use that as stimulation. You know, other people will keep uh, rocks in their pocket and just kind of rub them. So, you know, kind of a few easy tools of something that you can do just where you are. And, you know, you don't have to affect the workplace around you.
0: You also work with anxiety. And uh, there is lots of anxiety nowadays in the workplace, in schools. Seems like 80% of Americans is suffering from anxiety. What are your thoughts on that?
1: You're right. It's growing so much more. And I don't know if it's growing so much more, you know, because we live in a more anxious world. I don't know if we're more anxious just because of all the more media that we watch. You know, it really upsets me. I mean, all of our media is fear-based. So you turn on the news and what do you get? You get scared. You get visions of war and, and assault and such. And again, 20 years ago, that would be our news that we might watch in the morning or might watch after dinner. But now, anytime you open up your phone, you're going to be flipping through social media and you're going to be seeing the same stuff. You're going to be seeing all of this overstimulation, all of this fear-driven marketing that ramps up your anxiety. So I do think there's a lot more externally and even the pressures of work. You know, if you work in a high stress workplace, then just even meeting your daily goals is going to be more stressful. So take that on and then, you know, like you brought up diet before, how many people are drinking super amounts of coffee every day or soda just to keep themselves awake? That kind of sugar stimulation is going to add to your anxiety as
0: well. So would it be fair to say that if the workplace or school place or wherever you're working, it's not conducive to that peaceful sort of environment that you want to create within that you have to find the way to do it?
1: You do, you know, and maybe you can work with your employer and say, you know what, I really like working here. I really love what I do. But A, B or C is really making me anxious or nervous. And this is affecting my work and my outcomes. And, you know, even myself, we've got 10 employees at our office and, you know, we want to keep the good people. So when they come up to me with concerns, we want to change that. We want to improve it. And so, you know, we go out of our way working with our employees for what is what is a work environment for you that's going to get you to get the work done the best. And so I would really encourage people to talk to their employers and any employer who has a good employee will want to make the job better for them.
0: And for the folks that might feel something is really bothering them, but they're not doctor like you are, you know, would you advise them to become more investigative about it to pay a visit to physician just to figure out what's going on?
1: Yeah, I would. You know, there's so much out there. And again, this is where you have to be your own leader, and be your own advocate, whether it's yourself dealing with that level of anxiety, or whether you see it in your child, and anxiety kind of comes out in a fight or flight reaction. And, you know, when I say the words fight or flight, it's not one word, it's two, it's fight or it's flight. So people with anxiety, we all have some level of anxiety, you know, that's just, it's humanity, but people who avoid, you know, so if I don't want to interact with others, if I like to stay in my house and I don't want to put myself out there, those are people who have that flight response. You know, it's, it's like being an ostrich and sticking your head in the sand and saying, you know what, I'm just going to avoid everything. We're going to procrastinate so that I don't have to potentially be harmed. Those kind of people do really well with stimulation, with vigorous exercise. They do really well with caffeine. They do really well with our supplements and our line that are stimulating. Let's wake you up. Let's get you out there. Let's move. Let's do it. And then, again, on the flip side of that, we have the fight. So we have this anxiety where people are easily angered and, you know, aggressive, and they yell, and even in the workforce, and, you know, it always amazes me when you go into the medical field. Way too many front office staff and medical offices are just really cranky. And why would you be like that? Why would you want to be like that? But when you get to that point of anxiety, when you get to that point of stress, some people just go for anger and they lash out and they're rude. And those people don't want to be like that. You know, most of the time you act that way, and you feel sorry. I mean, even when we work with our kids, we have these kids who have these temper outbursts and they do something and, you know, they punch their brother or sister, but afterwards they're sorry. But in that moment of rage, they can't control it. And so these people with that kind of anxiety response do well with a lot of relaxation and being calm, feeling they're in a the safe space. But one thing I really encourage for everybody, whether you're an adult, whether you're a kid, I really love journaling. I love to take some time every day, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and just write down all of the crap in your brain, all the stuff that you're worried about, all the stuff that you're scared about, all the stuff that you're sad about or angry about. Get it out of your brain and put it on a piece of paper because if you don't get it out, it's just going to stay there. And it's going to fester and you're going to think about it nonstop and you're going to lose sleep. So I really like some kind of expressive way to get it out. Whether that's keeping a journal, whether that's writing a diary, whether that's music, you've got to get it out. And again, whether you're fight or flight, you've still got to get it out.
0: What are the ways that you can start taking natural medicine and just taking good vitamins?
1: Well, there's a couple of things. You know, if you want to kind of go with foundational things, I think it's always important for everybody to eat a healthy diet you know you want to eat less sugar and eat less fast food and eat less fried food and you know eat more healthy proteins and whole grains and vegetables and fruits when it comes to vitamin supplements you can go basic or you can go really advanced You know, and basic things are a multivitamin, a fish oil, a probiotic. I think vitamin D is really important, especially now during the winter season. So those are kind of basic things. If you really want to go more advanced, then I would do one of two things. First off, go to our website, our Spectrum Awakening website. We've got a lot of free education. So we've got free eBooks right now and we're building out some more webinar education, a lot of it's going to be free. So go there, download the free eBooks. They're going to kind of guide you through more advanced natural therapies that are going to work for you. So there's so much that people can do from basic stuff to more advanced stuff. And make sure you go out and find yourself a naturopathic physician or a biomedical doctor or a functional medicine doctor. These are the medical specialists that work in natural medicine because the conventional doctors are not the ones that have the specialty in natural medicine but the naturopathic physicians the biomedical doctors the functional medicine doctors do so if you want to kind of go above and beyond schedule a visit with one of them
0: wonderful any final thoughts
1: i would say the most important thing to do especially as a parent and as the leader of your family is to trust your instincts because we are overwhelmed with social media telling us to do this, that, or the other thing. We're overwhelmed with commercials and the regular media, with our own family telling us what to do, our parents, our in-laws, our neighbors, our doctors telling us what to do. If it doesn't feel right, then don't jump into it. If it doesn't feel right, trust your instinct and try something different because there are so many more options. And again, having been working in natural medicine with kids for almost 20 years, families are amazed at what can be done and are amazed with the changes that can happen with their kids, with themselves when you do the right thing. So trust your gut and take a look at so many things that are out there. It's really great. It really is.
0: And how can people contact you, learn about your products?
1: Well, I want everybody to go to our website, which is Spectrum Awakening. So, spectrumawakening.com. That's our website. It has our free education, it's got our free ebooks, it's got my hard copy book. So, I was an Amazon bestselling author, I wrote a children's natural health guide. That's on there. Our supplements are on there. Links to making appointments are on there. Also, every Thursday on my Facebook page, so our Facebook page is Spectrum Awakening, I do a Facebook Live and we pick a topic, we talk about it, and we take live questions from anybody. So if you've got a question about natural medicine, you're like, hey, what about this? Or What about that? Or what about these? Then you ask it live. I'm there every week to help people. There's so many things that we can do and it's really great. So I hope people reach out to us.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Jared, for being a guest.
1: Well, thanks, Bianna. It was really great to be here and I appreciate you having me on.
0: Our special guest was Dr. Jared Skowron, owner of Spectrum Awakening. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the leadership with Bianca Kovic show. Remember that you're all leaders in your own rights, and that impact that you are meant to achieve starts with small acts of kindness, curiosity, and generosity please give us a like and subscribe to our channel. Thank you again and until next time.